1: I, I want to uh, say that we're starting a, a brand new sermon, sermon series today called Waiting for Christmas, and it's I, I, it's going to be great. I I want you to not only get plugged in, but invite as many people as you can. You you have invitation cards. Uh, did, did you get your invitation cards on the way in? Keep handing those out and just inviting people to church. If you're here and you haven't, uh, maybe for the first time, or maybe you just don't understand because uh, every week we give a, a, out these sermon notes that look like this, and if you notice, they're they're punched, and it's 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 for a reason, everybody. Because in our bookstore we have available uh, these these uh, uh, clipboards uh, that are like that. That way you can store all of your, and here are all of mine. Here are all of my sermon notes right there. That, that I just keep. And then at the end of the year, I just bind them together and I put them away. And sometimes I go back to my own notes. When, when I need to encourage myself, everybody, I just go back and look at them. And and uh, so I'll, I'll tell you this, um, since you're the first first ones here today, um, I don't know if the bookstore people are, are here this morning. They're going to hate me for this. Um, but if you go and get a, 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 a one of these binders, we ordered a bunch of them. I don't remember how many we ordered. But uh, today, they're yours for free, all right? So if you want to just go get one, it's our Christmas present to you guys. And then next week, we'll make sure that we have plenty more to go around. If you don't get one today, if we run out, if there's a run on the bookstore and we run out, then would you just be patient? And over the course of the month of December, we're just going to give these away to, to anybody who wants those as our gift to you. Is that all right, everybody? Um, actually, you're giving them to yourselves because I'm using tithes and Offerings to do that for you, all right? So <laughs> it's just a gift to yourself, everybody, that's there you there you have it. And and really a but We want you we give you these notes because we want to help you learn. We want to help you grow in the faith and we want you to be able to to keep them and and look back and and and, and you know just sometimes if if you know that you're struggling with something that well, I know Pastor Justin talked about that 6 months ago. Well, you can look back in your notes and 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 just encourage yourself and and do those studies on your own. If you want to take them home and study them even more, use this as sort of a template for maybe some devotional times on Monday, which I know several people in our church do. They take our sermon notes home, and on Monday morning, it's it's what they study every Sunday morning. They just go a little bit deeper than what we did on a, on a Sunday morning, and it's just a great thing to do. So. Um, um so don't don't get up in the middle of the service to go get your 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 book though okay let's just stay seated until after the service is over with and no and and uh, probably somebody should probably tell the bookstore people i just announced that because they're going to be very very surprised and i'm i'm actually being serious about that uh ray would you mind telling the bookstore people or or yeah somebody out there that there's going to be a run on the bookstore okay are you ready to study the word of god yes or no it's gonna be fun. We are in the, the book of Luke chapter 2 and I'm gonna I'm gonna teach this very, very uh, common portion of Scripture in fact very, very well known portion of Scripture. If you're like us, the the the, uh, the Chambers family we have we have traditions every year at Christmas time, no doubt you guys do too. One of our traditions is that every Sunday morning, um, you know the kids will come you know how the kids do they'll they'll come and jump on the bed and wake you up and 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 when your kids are young you think okay one of these days they're going to outgrow that no they don't actually they don't our, our our boys who are in college they'll run into our room and jump on the bed and say hey it's Christmas and because they're kind of just living out their childhood you know what I'm saying and it's tons of fun and they wake us up, and me and mom we complain just for the sake of complaining because it's fun. We know we're going to get out of bed, but we—how you know, many parents do that anywhere? You're like, get out of my room, you know. And uh, and uh, we do that, and then of course we all laugh together. We get up, and we we first uh, we we make some coffee, and and then we we. Uh, sit in the living room and before we ever touch any gifts before we ever do anything we sit in our living room facing each other kind of in a circle and i just read the christmas story and then we pray and and it's one of those traditions that that we have because we want to make first things first we want to have we want to keep our priorities in order and make Christmas more about Jesus than about just the gifts that we're exchanging. Another thing that we do every Christmas Eve, it happens every Christmas Eve in our house, is we wait for Christmas. This is a great idea for you guys. Ever since our our children were old enough to write, we have this Christmas blessing box that looks like a wrapped box. it's, It's very fancy, it has a ribbon on the top, but it's the type where the lid just comes on and off at will. And on the inside of it, we keep these little notes, this little notebook, and every Christmas Eve, we we rip off one of those notes and we hand it to to each one of us in the family, and we write a letter to Jesus, and it's anything that we want to write, and and we try to tell the kids this isn't that this isn't about what we're asking for, this is about what we're grateful for. Maybe maybe some things that we're praying for too. Maybe some things that we want God to do in our life. But this is just our a, our a, 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 a letter to Jesus every, every year, and and it's it's considering His goodness and His his faithfulness and 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 we don't read those. We kind of fold them and we put them in there. And then when our kids get old enough they have a family of their own, at one point we'll hand those we'll hand those to our children. And 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 we mark the year on the outside so we can keep track of them. And um, that's isn't that a great idea, everybody? If you don't do something like that, and that's my wife's doing. I had nothing to do with that. That's all my wife. And yet I love it. It's just a tradition that we have in our home, and it helps us prepare our hearts for for Christmas. So. You know, it is, especially in the, in the lives of children, it, it is one of the most wonderful times of, of the year. It's something that everybody waits for. We, 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 we can't wait for it to come, and then it comes too quickly, and we just say, where did time just go? And, and uh, my wife and I have uh, something we say every October. We, every October we say, you know what, uh, Christmas is already gone. Like, it's already over. And, and what we mean by that is between October and Christmas, time just goes like that. Have you ever noticed that? It just flies by. And we want to make the most of every day. We want to enjoy every single day, but it just goes very, very quickly. So we try our best in our home just to slow things down. And, and we, we, we try to, to really keep our schedules clear a lot just so we can have a lot of family time and just put the emphasis where, where it needs to be on, um, on, on God, on family. And then, of course, we do connect with... Um, uh, we, we have, lo, you know, a lot. Well, the church Christmas party, that was tons of fun this past week, wasn't it? We have a staff Christmas party we go to. So we still have a lot of get togethers, but we try not to do that every night of the week because we want to be home as a family, too. So you got to balance that, is what I'm saying, everybody. You got to balance that and uh, make sure your focus is on Christ. So, Luke chapter 2, we find this very familiar portion of Scripture, verse 8: And there were shepherds living out of the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people today in the town of David. A savior. What's this? Everybody, I underlined them for you. A savior has been born to you. He is Messiah. He is the Messiah. And they they make another, another description here. He is the Lord. So so in this one sentence, the angels are announcing savior. Messiah, Lord, Savior, Messiah, Lord. This will be assigned to you, you will find a baby. What? A baby. Well, I thought you said Savior and Messiah and Lord. No, you'll find a baby who's all of those things wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. told you know as you know a couple of years ago in fact almost 2 years ago exactly my wife were my wife and I were in Israel and we went to Jerusalem and we went to Bethlehem and and I think last year I showed you a picture of what they call the 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 uh the shepherds cave or the cave where uh, you know supposedly the shepherds were uh when they heard the the news about Jesus and saw all of the angels and and, um, and and Bethlehem is very close to, to Jerusalem at this time, at this era. It was about six miles away. But now, obviously, Jerusalem and Bethlehem have grown, and, and you can't really tell the difference between where one stops and the other begins, except that you have to go through a different form of um, uh, safety protocols and uh, some... some um, uh, some some people that will stop you and say no. You you know if you're part of this type of culture, you can't get in here. We'll let all your tourists, but we don't actually let the people. Be. And that's a whole different other story. So you have to go through uh, security to get into this area. And sometimes if you're on a tour guide, you have to switch tour uh, guides and you get another one while you're in Bethlehem. And it's because some of the the um, the, the tensions that are there in the area. And uh, it is so neat to, for, for, to be in this area and see this come alive, like to see all of those things that you've, you've read about and you've heard about your whole life, and all of a sudden you're standing in places where these miracles, at least in that general vicinity, certainly happened, and it is absolutely amazing. The Bible just comes to life. It just comes to life. And one of the things that I was thinking of, uh, not only in seeing Bethlehem and Jerusalem and, and the hillsides in, in person— was thinking about the coming of the Messiah as the angels announce him, Savior, Messiah, Lord, and then you're going to find this baby. You're going to find this baby. Well, well, to me, I, I, I would be, you know, what, I want you to put yourself there. You were going to think, okay, Savior, Messiah, Lord, he's going to have the best of the best. And actually, the angel said, no, he's not going to have the best of the best. In fact, he's going to be, he's just going to be in in a cave. He's going to be in a manger. And he's just going to be wrapped in these linen cloths. And I I want to explain it to you like this. This is how amazing it is. That our our omnipotent God, our omnipotent God, the omnipotence, the one one that has limitless power, all-powerful, omnipotent God, became actually in Jesus as a baby, became helpless. Meaning he was fully dependent upon his parents, upon his mother. Fully dependent, all-powerful God humbled himself and became helpless. Think about it. Let's go even further. This omniscient God, this all-knowing God, omniscient God became, in the moment except for crying, speechless. Think about that the one who knows everything, the one that was there and part of the creation story was found in a manger, speechless. Why? He was just a baby. And and in fact, go even further, our omnipresent God, he's everywhere at all times. Our omnipresent God became very limited. All of a sudden, he's just in the human flesh, and he's in one place at one time. And you say why? Well why you know why is that? Well he was fully God and fully human. Emmanuel God with us. And one of the reasons that that happened, actually there are several reasons why that happened, because obviously who, who, was, who were the ones that fell? It was Adam and Eve. It was mankind. So mankind lost the relationship with God, and mankind had to get it back. So Jesus had to come as a human in order to satisfy what God had established. But not only that, the Bible is very, very clear that Jesus It explains that Jesus went through everything that you and I go through, that he's able to sympathize with us and empathize with us. He's able to say, no, 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 as he's interceding with us or for us right now, he's sitting at at the right hand of God the Father making intercession for us. And Jesus knows exactly, watch this, exactly what it was like to feel helpless and to be speechless and to feel like you're just limited. Have you ever been there just absolutely helpless? You know, one, one time I was in, um, I, I went uh, for, a, and there, there was a girl involved and it was not my wife. Uh, so this was in high school. And um, so I, I'm, I don't know where my wife is right now. Hopefully she's not in the room because this is one of those stories. And I went to Tulsa and I was going to visit my aunt and uncle in Tulsa. And there was a big storm. There was a big ice storm that hit. And, and, and in the South, you get a lot of ice storms because it's just between, you know, it'll, it'll be warm all day, and then it'll start freezing, and, and the rain just turns to ice. It just, it, it, and so we're going to visit my aunt and uncle, and I, I see the stop sign about 300 yards away, and I start slowing down. I'm in a little S10 pickup, and I start slowing down, and, and it's as if my brakes aren't working. I'm just sliding on ice, just sliding on ice. And there's a guy at the, that stop sign about 300 yards ahead of me in a truck, and he's just sitting there. And I'm thinking to myself, buddy, you better move. I don't know if I can stop. Well, I get closer and closer, and I'm honking my horn. And I'm, I'm trying to tell this guy, hey, get it, move it, move it, move it. And he's not going anywhere. And, and I try to turn out of it. I try to turn to my left, nothing. I try to turn all the way to my right. I'm doing anything I can to get off of this slick ice, and nothing's happening. And I literally slide into the rear end of this truck. I, I cave in the front of my S10. He had a bigger truck than I did. His, his head snapped back. It, it, with his head, he broke the window that was right behind him. And 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 he. after we got out, I said, sir, are you okay? He said, yeah, I was wondering what all that honking was about. I said, I was trying to tell you. you know, I couldn't stop. He said, yeah, even I barely came to a stop. Well, it ends up that the policeman that came, uh, with just in a few minutes, he ended up rear-ending my truck, that policeman did. And then an older lady came and she rear-ended the policeman. And then a second policeman shows up and he rear-ends the old lady. How many know nobody got a ticket that day? Like, nobody got a ticket. Praise the Lord for that. But in that moment, I was so helpless. Have you ever been there? Like, there was nothing that I can do. In that moment, I couldn't stop. I couldn't pull out of it. The guy wasn't moving. I couldn't force him to move. And I remember that feeling of helplessness kind of hung over my head for months and months. Like, I never wanted to go through that again. And yet in life, there have been some times where I have just been helpless. Like, I, I just, no matter what I wanted to do or tried to do, it was just, I just had to trust God. Have you been there before? Or that's speechless, where, where you just say, whoa, whoa what just happened? Uh, and, you know, and everybody's maybe looking for an answer, your family, your spouse, your children looking for an answer, and you're like, speechless, I don't know. Have you ever said that? I don't know. Or or limited, there's there's only so much I can do. I just have limited power. I have limited, like I can't take care of this sickness. I can't take care of this problem. It's just God, it has to be God. And Jesus, when we call upon him, He remembers what it's like to feel helpless and to feel speechless and to feel limited. Although he was fully God, he's able to to understand our weaknesses and our struggles because he lived in, God lived in human flesh, everybody. And it's part of the gospel story, it's part of the gospel of grace that he understands. And because he understands, because he understands, he hears us when we call upon him. And he turns to his father as he's making intercession for us and says, oh, Justin really needs you. No, I mean Justin really needs you. You know, like, have you ever, have you ever just called upon the Lord saying, God, I, I got nothing. I just, if it's not you, then I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, Jesus understands. This is my point. Jesus understands. He knew what it was like to be in this body. He knew what it was like to live in this world. And I was thinking about something else that, that this, this moment that Jesus was born, he was eternal and is eternal God. Very omnipresent, everywhere at all times. But all of a sudden he became God with us. And, and I made it note here that God's present was actually his presence. With us, And it's still his gift to us, his presence with us. And it's just not the omnipresence of God. It, we, we have, in theological terms, we call it this. We call it the manifest present of God. There is the omnipresence of God that he is everywhere at all times. He sees all, he knows all. He loves you as if you're the only person in the whole world. He he knows every single thing about you as if his eye is trained only on you at all times. And he knows the same about the person sitting next to you and the person in in China around the world that you'll never see until we get to heaven. He knows. He's omnipresent. But there's a second facet to God, in that he's just not omnipresent, it's, he also has something called, we, that we would call the manifest presence of God. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. And I've never taught this in relation to a Christmas sermon, but it's all right there. The manifest presence of God in your life. Let, let me say it this way, everybody, that the omnipresence of God is God everywhere all the time, but the manifest Presence of God you could say it like this, this is the best way I know how to dis- describe it -- is it is His presence made clear. It is His presence made clear. And there have been times, everybody, as I want to just just kind of start this conversation this morning, there have been times where I've asked God, God, uh, where are you? There have been times that I've said, "God, are you even real?" Like, I'm having my doubts lately, because I don't feel a thing. And what I was telling him was, "I, I understand your omnipresence, but where's your manifest presence? I got nothing here, God. I sense nothing. I don't sense you at all. But there have been other times, in fact, one of those times that I was praying about that, God, where are you? I feel nothing. I sense nothing. And I've been crying out to you, and your word says that if I draw near to you, you draw near to me. Manifest presence of God. When I draw near to you, you draw near to me. That's not omnipresence, everybody. That's the manifest presence of God. How many know what I'm talking about? And in that moment where I was calling out to the Lord, all of a sudden, God just swept through the room in a way that I won't explain right now. But it took, literally took my breath away. I said, oh! Oh, oh, you do love me, and you are here. Something that I can prove to you that when I have drawn near to God, he has been faithful to his word and has drawn near to me. Because there are times where we sense nothing. But there are other times where we say, whoa, that was God. Have you been? How many know what exactly what I'm talking about? You've been there, right? I want to make sure that I'm not by myself. You need to help me preach this morning, everybody, because there's some people in this room that have never been trained concerning the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. I, I want to share some things with you that God's present was His presence. That number one, God's presence matters to those who are lost, and I'm going to break this down for you. That God's presence matters to those who are lost, not only to those who have accepted and trusted Christ as Savior, but to those who are lost. Here's Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 11. I'm going to read this out of the message. You can read it in in your favorite um, uh, translation of the Bible. Obviously, the message is not a translation, but I love the way it reads. It says, it stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus. That when God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. Like when the presence of God comes in, when the presence of the Spirit of God comes into your life, you are, you're not made better, everybody. You are made new. Listen to that again. You're not made better. You're made new. The old has gone, the Bible says, and the new has come. And you are then filled upon accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. You are filled with the, the presence of God and the Spirit of God who gives life to you. But let's go even further. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and and I love this because what's happening in this portion of scripture, I need to give you a little backdrop very quickly. What's happening in this portion of scripture is is there's a a small amount of chaos in the church at Corinth that Paul is writing about, and and he's writing them, and he's actually correcting them. He's actually saying, hey, listen, guys, you guys are acting in ways that's causing confusion and it's causing chaos in your services, and there needs to be some order in place, and you know what they're doing? They, they, they have been given this gift of tongues and they're using this gift of tongues over and over and over again. And everybody is speaking in tongues. And, and, and Paul is saying, whoa, whoa, whoa you, you guys, like I'm glad that the Spirit of God is moving in your life. And no doubt the Spirit of God is changing you and I'm excited for you. But we got to bring some order to this because when people are coming in to your, to your gathering, it doesn't make sense to them. And that's when he, he's in this portion of Scripture where he's saying, listen, I would rather you prophesy. What, what is prophecy? A prophecy, I've shared this with you before. Prophecy is nothing more than sharing the heart of God. That's what it is. If somebody says, hey, I just feel I have a just this prophetic word for you, what they're saying is, I just feel like I've heard from God. I've heard something from God I just want to share it with you so 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 what's interesting to me is if somebody comes up to you in fact, let's just, there's a lot of churches out there, a lot of denominations. If somebody were to come up to, to another Christian in the room and said, you know what I'm just praying for, it, and I really believe that, that, God, that God wanted me to tell you that blah, 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 blah. And that person would be, oh, great. That's wonderful. I take it. But, but sometimes people get, people get caught up in verbiage. And if that same person went up to them and said, hey, listen, I've got a prophetic word for you that, oh, you're a freak. Listen, it, prophecy is nothing more than just sharing the heart of God. In fact, can I tell you that Sunday mornings are very prophetic? Can I tell you that? Because I've been in prayer, and I've been in studying, and I've been asking, and this is good for pastors to ask this. God, would you just speak through me today? Did you know that's just sharing the heart of God? It's prophetic in nature. It's not about foretelling. It's just about sharing the heart of God. How many are with me so far? You, you get where I'm going with this, right? Okay, okay. so, so don't, don't let those things, don't let those things uh, bother you. Just get, get, on, get, get over the verbiage and get to the heart of the matter. Get to what really matters to God, which is sharing his heart with people. And watch what happens here. As Paul is writing to the church at Corinth in 14, chapter 14, verse 24, he says, But if all of you are prophesying... And he's encouraging them to do so. And an unbeliever or people who don't understand these things comes into your meeting. They will actually be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed. And they will fall to their knees and worship God declaring, watch this, God is truly here among you. So so they're not talking about God's omnipresence. They're talking about the manifest presence of God. What he's telling them is when when we all have, when we all are are, are all, listen, as believers, as ministers, the Bible calls we are all ministers of reconciliation, of of using our gifts in its various forms as the grace of God gives us. We're all ministers of his grace. Did you know that? So what if every one of us who are believers in Christ, growing in Christ, we pray, Father, just give me whatever you want me to say today. Just, let, just speak to my heart and help me encourage anybody that I come across today. What if we just lived our lives with that as a prayer in our lives? Then all of a sudden when people would come in, lost people and unbelievers would come in, and and we start sharing with them and loving them and caring for them and, and, and just speaking life into them that they would so sense the manifest presence of God that they would say, whoa, there's something different about them. You know what? One thing I know about New Song is when they gather, God just shows up. God is is just there. He's just there among them. I sense him. I I feel his presence. I walk into this place and I say, whoa, something's different about this church. Do you know how many times, how many hundreds of times we have heard people tell us that? Like I've been to a lot of churches, but boy, there's just something about New Song. There's just something about walking in here that boy, God's presence is here. And I'm like, "Whoa!" by the grace of God, his presence is here. Because you know full well that it's His grace, it's His mercy. And when He walks into a room, when He comes into a room, I should say it like that, when He comes into a room, to a space, that's His grace and mercy. Because we don't deserve it, and we can't earn it. It's just His grace. And so we say, not only according to his return, come quickly, Lord Jesus, you know, even so come. We say, even on this day, Father, we need you here today. We need your presence here today. You say, well, where's that in scripture? Well, Jesus himself said, I believe it's in Matthew uh, Matthew chapter 18, I think, that he said, if two or three, if just a couple of you or more would just gather in my name. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there in the midst of you. Everybody, let me say it like this. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. The manifest presence of God. And it's not something to be scared about. It's something to rejoice about. God with us. Are you getting this, everybody? So we invite the presence of the Lord into this room and we say, Father, send your presence. Give us your presence. Give us your power. Show us your glory. Those are appropriate prayers. To pray the manifest presence of God. And when lost people, unbelievers come in and are a part of it, they'll be they'll be shaken at the core and they'll say, Oh, surely God is in this place. He's in this place. How many want God just to show up every single time we gather? Every single time. I just I just need him in this room. I need him in our lives. I need him in my life. I need him in my family. I need him in my home. I just need him. I need him, everybody. I'm lost without him. Well, watch this, everybody. Number two, that God's presence matters to those who are weak. To those who are weak. First Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, Hey, listen, I've been with you guys, you know this. My message and my preaching, those, those are those who are in the moment, everybody. He's not talking about eternal things. He's talking about right then, right there. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. But on God's power. You know what one of my prayers was this week? As I was preparing for this moment and I come across the scripture because I'm trying to share with you the benefits of the presence of God. I just started praying a prayer this week that I had I, I never really worded it like this before. No doubt I've prayed it, but I haven't worded it like this before. But when, when people come and say, oh, pastor, your, your, your message just really spoke to me. May it be far more said that I, en- I, I enjoyed God's power today. God's power was in the room. Listen, don't lean onto your pastor's wisdom, because I have no wisdom without God. And in fact, even the wisdom that I do have, it's so limited because I still have so much more growing to do. So don't rely upon my, I'm going to try to share my best with you. I'm going to pray it through. I'm going to share the word of God with you. But may it be said that your, your highest encouragement anytime that we gather in this place, that your highest encouragement was the presence and the power of God. This is better than your amening, I'm telling you your highest encouragement was I, no, 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 I met with God today God was there His power was there so I'm praying a prayer in a way that maybe I haven't prayed before God, just be the center of it all I don't want to be the center of it all I want, I want you to have full attention in this room I, I want you to get all of the glory none for me, oh God not to us, oh God, but to your name be honor and praise and all to the glory. Amen. Number three, God's presence matters to those who are afraid. Isaiah 41.10 So don't fear for I am with you. So don't fear because you're in my presence. That's what he's saying. Think about that. Hey, hey, hey new song, new song. Don't fear because you're in His presence. What, What do you get when you're in His presence? All of His love, all of His grace, all of His mercy, all of His power, all of His provision, all of His healing, all of His strength, all of His victory. Everything that you need is found in him. So he says, listen, don't don't fear, because you're in my presence. That's why the Bible says in Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 16, it says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy, fullness of joy. In his presence, why? I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be scared, I'm in his presence. I'm in his presence. Can I tell you something new song? Not just me, but many people this morning were praying about this very moment and we've invited the presence of the Lord in this place and we've, we have certainly gathered two or three or more of us in this place and here he is with us right here right now. His presence is in this room. His presence is in this room. God is here. That means everything that you need is here. Everything that you need is right here, right now. And he wants to do something in all of us. And it's not my power. I don't don't have any. Don't look look to me. Look to him. Don't look to me. Some some people say, well, well, pastor, if you pray for me, then I know God will. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't look to me. That's looking to me. Don't look to me. Let let me tell you this, everybody. Uh, My wife, (laughs) my wife has just as much power in prayer that I do. Let me say something different. My 11-year-old has just as as much power in prayer as I do if she's praying in faith. In fact, the Bible says that there there are some things that children get that adults don't get. That's what it says. It's my paraphrase, but there's a reason why it says just have faith as a child, right? So it doesn't... Did you know that in my home, there have been times where I've called my children to me. I said, hey, hey guys, would you just pray for me? I'm just having my children pray for me. because I, I don't need you to pray for me. I want somebody to pray. But my children are just as qualified to pray for me as you are. Because it's not about them. It's about him. It's about him. I, I, hope, I'm, I hope I'm getting through to you. The presence of God. Oh, how we need it. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me, and we're going to do something this morning. First of all, we're going to bow our heads. Father, we thank you for being in this room. Thank you for your presence. Not not just your omnipresence, but your manifest presence. God with us and we worship you, that we honor you, we bless you. If there's anybody in this room that have, you've not given your heart to Jesus, you've not trusted Christ as Savior, I try every single Sunday to give you an opportunity. The very best decision that you'll ever make in your life is not choosing your spouse, or choosing to have children, the very best decision you'll ever make in your life is surrendering your life to Jesus, trusting Christ as Savior. And if you've not done that before, with nobody looking around, and you want to do it today, just raise your hand and let me see who you are. Is there anybody in the room? I'm just going to give you a couple moments here. Okay, I don't see any hands, so I'm pray that everybody in here knows Jesus, that's good now in his presence we're going to worship him just for a moment can we just open up our hands toward heaven, maybe you want to lift him up all the way and we just say Jesus we love you, Father we love you Holy Spirit we love you you are welcome not only in this place, you're here but you are welcome in my life. I need your presence. And so I invite you into my life, into my home, into my marriage, into my family. I invite you, you are welcome, you are welcome. worship you I worship you so if you're in this place and you are weak he is your strength his presence is powerful and in his presence you'll have everything you have everything that you'll ever need if you're afraid don't be afraid you're in his presence. If you're discouraged, maybe even depressed, you're in his presence where there's fullness of joy. And I'm going to pray over you this morning. And if you're sick, in need of healing, if you're in need of provision, if you're in need of encouragement and strength, if you're in need of joy, if you're in need of comfort, if you need to be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually, you're here in his presence. And you're welcome to stay right where you are. But if you'd like to come up to the front and, 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 and just spend some time around this altar just for a moment. Again, we love encounters with Jesus. You're welcome to do that as I pray. And if you come forward, I'll, I'll have some people, including myself, will just lay hands on you and pray for you. That's very fitting to do. That's what the Bible tells us to do. So you can just come forward as I pray. Father, we invite you into our lives. And I declare today, Lord, here in your presence, that you administer your joy that you administer your strength, that your healing virtue would flow freely throughout this room and in our lives, that you would bring emotional healing, Father, that you would instill in us everything that needs to be instilled in us. everybody. Let's just worship him, his presence. We worship you today, O oh Lord. For you are good, O oh Lord, you're good. And we worship you. And we praise you. We honor you. We love your presence, Lord. Lord, help us to be people of your presence. Help us to be people of your presence, children of your presence. That wherever we go, people would sense that something is different in us, Lord, that we would carry your presence. And in carrying your presence, we would be carrying everything that that we would need to to minister in grace and to minister in love and to do what you've called us to do for the glory of your name, for the benefit of of your children and the expansion of your kingdom, Father. So let us be carriers of your presence. Let us be carriers of your healing power. Let us be carriers of faith that we would walk in faith, that we would walk Hearing your voice, hearing from you, from your spirit, and sharing your heart with others as you would call us to, as you would call us to reach out and to minister. So we submit to you, God. We submit to you in your presence. And we say, fill us to overflowing. Fill us to overflowing, we pray, because we need you. We need you, we need you, Lord. We need you like never before We need you I need you, Lord I need you, Lord Oh, I need you I need you, Lord I need you, Lord Like never before I need you Thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect